Hello. Hello. And welcome to episode 11. We, <laughs> we are glad you are here with us. So listening. I'm probably start every episode very uh, similarly. So that's cool. <laughs> so I know we... And by we, I mean Sydney, who primarily posts on Instagram for us. <laughs> Thanks, Sydney. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> we uh, took a poll and we're asking or like asking for ideas on cases. And so, you know, more, more ghost stories was something that was suggested to us. And Sydney found a crazy one. Yes, I think that this is going to be um, an interesting one for sure. Yeah, lots of uh, crazy history, lots of ghost recounts, and um, yeah, I'll let you kind of take it away here, Sid. All right. So Lincoln Park Zoo is a 35-acre zoo in Chicago, Illinois. Um, The zoo itself was founded in 1868, making it one of the oldest zoos in North America. And fun fact, it's actually one of the few in the States that still has free admission. So anything that's old is bound to have some sort of history or some sort of spooky stories, I feel like, that come along with it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's It's just naturally attached to any old building or any old plot of land that's been there forever. So the Lincoln Park Zoo was established in 1868 when the city turned the land over. But why were they turning over the land? They were removing the city cemetery. Yikes. (laughs) The cemetery dated back to 1837 uh, when the land was set aside as a burial ground for the city of Chicago. Between 1843 and 1859, there was tens of thousands of Chicago residents that were buried on these grounds. There were some issues with the cemetery. People were favoring more private memorial type gardens. They wanted to be in their own private cemeteries to these crowded public city cemeteries. Citizens were frustrated having these burial grounds also right in the middle of their city, taking up prime real estate that could be used for the living rather than the dead. And there was a doctor at the time, um, John Rausch, that had warned that the close proximity of the graveyard to the water could cause some large concerns or large health concerns. Um, having all these dead people right by the water supply, basically. So with these concerns rising, they begin the process of removing all of these bodies from the cemetery. They're doing this for a multitude of different reasons. But unfortunately, for a handful of reasons, not all of these bodies were removed. And one of the nights when they started removing these bodies was the night of the Chicago fire. So the wooden markers that they had were actually burned. So they 
workers who were trying to figure out where to dig up these bodies were unable to determine specifically where some of the bodies were located. Uh, I know that, like, nowadays they can use ground-penetrating radar, but keep in mind the Great Chicago Fire was in 1871. So with burning those, like, or the wooden markers being burned, there's, like, literally no way to tell where bodies were buried. No. And, I mean, I guess, like, they could go back and probably do that now, which... It's a little late. Yeah, it's a little late. We'll go over that in a second. But, (laughs) unfortunately, just not having the technologies that we have today, they're unable to figure out where all these people actually were. So, what is now the Lincoln Park Zoo is legitimately built atop a cemetery where bodies are actually still occasionally being found. It is. (laughs) It's estimated that there's 12,000 bodies that were unaccounted for, meaning that it's quite possible that they were left in what is now Lincoln Park Zoo. Workers of the zoo. Sorry. No, you're good. I was going to say, like, no freaking wonder that this place has a bunch of ghost stories. (laughs) You built it up top. About 12,000 dead bodies from the 1800s. Literally makes me think of, um, which is also funny because I just saw a meme recently or something that the poltergeist was celebrating like its X amount of anniversary. <laughs> the poltergeist like built, like their whole neighborhood's built like on a cemetery. Literally. <laughs> so their workers of the zoo were building one of the, zoo- the zoo's barns and 1962 and they found skeletal remains and a casket after getting no real guidance as to what to do with this these items that they had discovered they reburied the casket and then just poured the foundation on top of it so this barn is literally built on top of (laughs) confirmed body people (laughs) literally i also found that interesting too because like i guess the 60s isn't that long ago but like it is at the same time but like I feel like nowadays if you were like oh my gosh I found we were building this or trying to dig and we found this body in a casket what do you want me to do with it like they would actually do something with it they wouldn't just be like oh yeah we'll we'll get back to you on that one like don't worry about it yeah I like read there was like a ton of like red tape because of like not zoning but like city and state ordinances and what how to proceed at that time and like (laughs) they couldn't identify who it was Mm -hmm. so they literally had no idea who they were digging up so they couldn't even contact like family and so the zoo director finally was just like all right we'll put it back (laughs) oh okay and unfortunately i feel like that's mostly all of the bodies that they've discovered are they don't know who they are um more recently, in 1998, archaeologists had oversaw an excavation for the Chicago History Museum's parking garage and found pieces of 81 different skeletons and a coffin that was containing a body. Um, there's no update as to what they did with that, though. I think that it was, I, I believe that they did take some of those skeletal remains to a museum, 
but it was also like questionable as oh yeah they might have left some of them there but it was more recent so they weren't saying anything about that that's so like it stresses me out (laughs) to think that this parking garage is potentially built over a minimum of 80 bodies yeah all the items just so besides the bodies that are found year after year there's still one tomb that's standing within the zoo as a reminder of what the land once was it is the couch mausoleum it's the final resting place for a millionaire hotel owner ira couch and it's reported that the couch family had fought against basically moving this tomb during that period of time. Likely it was that it had been too heavy or it might have just been way too pricey. So the family wasn't willing to do anything with it. So they kept that mausoleum there. And there's currently a fence around it and it's in the zoo if you are to go and visit the zoo. Yeah, I saw a picture. Um, I When we upload pictures, I'll have to remember to like add that one. Mm-hmm. because I was looking at this picture and I'm like, this is freaking creepy. I've been to like the Detroit Zoo and just imagine, you know, walking on a normal path and then like looking over, you know, where like water fountains might be or gardens. <laughs> like, it's just a, a mausoleum. Yeah. What the heck? It's so creepy. Imagine too being like a tourist. So like you don't know any history. I mean, it kind of seems from some of what I was looking into, like the Lincoln Park Zoo isn't necessarily advertising, you know, that they're built on top of cemetery. It seems like they do do like some ghost walks and whatnot around Halloween, but I don't think that that's something you could just like get right off their main page. Yeah, so I found that they do some ghost tours. I don't know if it's like regularly now or okay. not, but... I went to their website, too, to figure out their history, and it literally mentions nothing about the Great Chicago Fire, nothing about it formally being grounds of a cemetery, nothing. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm curious what they say. <laughs> no, I think that would probably, I mean, it would intrigue a handful of people, but it'd probably keep a lot of people away as well. Yeah, I, like, read this one article, and it literally says, like, all these, like, thousands of people got to visit the Lincoln Park Zoo for so many reasons, and the majority of those people don't even know the history of it. No, which is so interesting. Now I'm curious about all the places I visit. (laughs) It's also true, because, I mean, that's not something, I don't even know how I found this but I was like oh my god this is insane like it's literally a zoo like yeah I remember when you sent me the article like what was it like a month ago when you found it and I was like holy crap we have to cover this eventually (laughs) absolutely insane so with the stories like that it's definitely not unusual for staff of the zoo or visitors of the zoo to see people in Victorian type dresses wandering the property unaware that they've been gone for years. Uh, There's one woman in particular who's seen wearing a white dress and she's seen in and around in and around the lion's house and also in the ladies room which is located underneath of the lion's house she's seen in the mirrors and as soon as you turn around or turn away 
and turn back to look in that mirror, she'll be gone. So in addition to the zoo being located on top of the cemetery, there was also a bridge that had gotten a lot of attention. Oh my God. Sorry, don't mean to interrupt. I'm so glad you're including this because I was reading it. I didn't take any notes on it because I was so over freaking whelmed. And I was like, this is so stressful. Sorry, continue. There's so many items. So between 1894 and 1919, there was a bridge that was located just across and past um, the zoo's parking lot. And it is estimated that there was close to 50 to 100 people that had killed themselves on this particular bridge from jumping or hanging themselves. And it was actually such a popular place to commit suicide that it was deemed the suicide bridge. And there's actually postcards that literally say the suicide bridge, Chicago, Illinois. And there's a picture of it. It's like so morbid. Very and that's, like, why it was short, so short-lived, right? Like, they ended up taking it down because of all of this. Mm-hmm. Wild. It seemed like it was just gathering all the bad things. All the bad energy there. Literally. So, throughout the zoo, there's footsteps when no one's around, flickering lights, slamming doors, and voices that don't belong. I mean, ultimately... Imagine how these animals feel with all this chaos. You know, they can't talk about it or be like, oh, I just saw this thing. But, like, even, I don't know, if, like, zoo staff probably lives there. Imagine to have to live under those circumstances and not to know how many bodies are actually still there. And I'm oh, my sure God, I can't imagine working there. That's got to be so stressful. Right? And even, like, to this day... um, I mean, I'm sure that there's probably more recent bodies that have been found since 1998, but I feel like it's kind of something that is more hush-hush and something that they're not necessarily, like, advertising because they don't know whose bodies they, they are. They don't know. I mean, what do you really do in those circumstances? Most of the bodies have gotten moved to a different cemetery, but now we're 100, 200 years later. What are you doing with them now? Right. And what I find super interesting is like um, with the estimated amount of bodies, they also estimate that basically every new construction of a barn, any sort of building, welcome center, anything like that, they are unearthing more bodies. And when I went on their zoo webpage, I mean, the last five, 10 years, they've like either redone or... Uh, built new additions in the zoo quite Mm -hmm. like at least once a year they're building something new or uh, redoing foundation and things like that for buildings that have you know are 150 years old so um, I thought it was super interesting because I'm like wow they they definitely have unearthed bodies more recently than the 1990s but I couldn't find any articles on it either no I think that that's probably just something at this point where if you know about it, you know about it, but it's not going to be front page news, I guess, unless it absolutely has to be. Right. <laughs> I, okay, this is in Chicago, and I visited Chicago a few times. You're a lot closer, so I'm sure you've been way more than me. <laughs> uh, but, like, location-wise, I was trying to, like, look up and figure out where it is and all this stuff, so... 
It looks like it is. This one's like right on Lake Michigan. Okay. So yeah, right on Lake Michigan uh, property. And so the neighborhood that's located in is Lincoln Park. Uh, Detroit has, I guess we have neighborhoods inside Detroit, but it's a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I lived in Dallas, it's super common that there's like neighborhoods. And I know Chicago's that way, but Detroit doesn't have as many that I can think of. Um, So I was looking at like the neighborhood itself of Lincoln Park has a lot of freaking crazy ass history. So yeah. So the zoo is located in the same neighborhood. Apparently it's only like across the street and like a block away as the St. Valentine's Day massacre of 1929. Do you know about that massacre? Minimally. That's the one with, um, what's his face? So it was like a hit that Al Capone ordered on another rival gang. So this is like gangland territory in like the 20s and 30s. Okay. And so he had like ordered this hit on like another gang and like took out, it took out a ton of people. Like it was like, it's infamous for being like this huge gang uh, massacre. And so... Also, in the same neighborhood, only a couple blocks away from the zoo, John Dillinger was shot and killed. So I'm like, holy crap, (laughs) there's a ton of freaking history here. And I'm sure it's not just the bodies in the cemetery or the suicide bridge or (laughs) anything. That's true. Even just the neighborhood, there's so many people who have died there. That I'm sure their spirits are lingering. There's like a lot of accounts where John Dillinger died in that like in that block vicinity of people like citing his spirit or where his body uh, was found that there's like chilly spots like randomly when you're walking and like weird anomalies we'll say. (laughs) So I was like holy crap this whole freaking thing is psycho. It'd also be interesting, I mean, like, the suicide bridge, like, I feel like it was common for, you know, like, those Al Capone gangsters to just drop people off in, like, bodies of water. Maybe they weren't all suicides. Very true. And, like, I guess it happened, so the St. Valentine's Massacre was 1929. Mm -hmm. So during, like, Prohibition, this, we know, Lake Michigan and Chicago was a hot spot for, like, um... For, you know, peddling and what's the word? Smuggling (laughs) alcohol. So I'm sure there's a lot associated with that in the area, too. And that a lot of those bodies from Suicide Bridge, I'm sure, could be associated with it. It's true. And even, I mean, I guess this might be a little bit more difficult, but than a body of water just dropping a, a body off in there. But you know, the, the bodies that they're, the skeletal remains that they're finding in the zoo, they're skeletal remains. Like, I guess they could be testing them now somewhat, but they're just going to be like Jane Doe's, John Doe's. Like, they don't know who these people were. And even if it would have been 100 years ago and they get, died and somebody stuck them in the zoo, I guess it wouldn't be too far off. I bet you during that period of time, I mean, that would be 
top news back then. Everyone knew that the cemetery was getting dug up and people were getting moved compared to nowadays. Right. Sorry. No, good. I was going to say, another thing I found was this, like, blog by an author and paranormal researcher. I guess she's the founder of Chicago Haunting Tours. Her name's Ursula Bielski, I think. And so I found this, like, Haunting Chicago blog ran by her. Very interesting. She's got two separate posts that I could find on the zoo. And so I guess she did her first uh, wild nights, is what she called it, (laughs) experiment at the zoo as an invitation. So they, like, reached out to her and contacted her to come like do a paranormal investigation and she brought like several people as like teams to go investigate and so she was like super interested because she obviously had been wanting to go for a long time she knew the history she's from Chicago and she runs that kind of stuff the blog is posted from 2017 We're going to have, when you, wherever you listen to, there'll be, like, a link for our sources and their information. And we'll make sure we include the Haunting Chicago blog. Because the reason I wanted to bring this up, first of all, since she was the first paranormal investigator to, like, be welcomed into the zoo. And contacted by, like, the events coordinator. She was the one that helped set up any of the ghost tours that they do and stuff. And she runs that. I guess she has written, like, ten books. She's, like, super renowned in the paranormal investigation world. Had no idea. And she's got this blog where she has a link. Well, she's, like, talking about things that they, like, saw. She's got some of the pictures. So, like, there was a shadow figure captured on the stall wall in the Lion House bathroom. Uh The The reason I think it was super interesting... Is because she, like, explains her process in this blog. I read it all. (laughs) Um, I was very intrigued. So she explains her process when she's snapping pictures. And she snaps, she says, anywhere from a minimum of 40 to 60 pictures. Like, at a minimum when she's snapping. Because if there's any anomalies, she wants to catch it. She she said this one is in a sequence of 60. Only one of the 60 images that she snapped, like quickly snapped one after another, shows the image on this bathroom stall with like a, it's like a human shadow. You can see like a head and shoulders and it's probably human height. And after she saw the image, the next time she had gone back, they tried to recreate the shadow uh, by standing against the opposite wall, out of view, however they could. And they, no one could recreate it. So I thought that was, like, freaking wild. Okay. <laughs> and she's got a ton of links to EVP recordings that she got. And it is creepy. One of the EVP recordings... Oh, crap. 
What's EVP stand for again? I'm trying to find it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Elect. I don't. Employee value proposition. Just kidding. <laughs> That's what it says. Electro- electronic voice phenomenon. Voice phenomenon. Thank you. <laughs> so, like, people set up these EVPs. If anyone's watched any, like, Ghost Hunters, any type of shows, it's where, like, they set up these machines or, like, things to get voice recordings. So, you know, you try to talk to spirits and, you know, get people to say things. So, there's this one. (laughs) She says within of the first 60 seconds of her laptop being set up, which is the first thing she did when she went into the women's restroom underneath the lion house. She set up the laptop, began to record the EVP, and within 60 seconds picked up a certain male voice warning, get out, there's a woman in here. She's got, like, next to it, hear it, here, and you can click. I sat there last night for, like, 15 minutes listening to these EVPs, and they're creepy. I don't like those EVPs. They stress me out. It's kind of like white noise. So mm-hmm. it's some, some of them are hard to hear, but some of them are, like, very freaking clear. So this one, she says, a, a medium came with her on a future visit, confirmed that one of the male spirits had taken on the task of keeping men dead and alive out of the women's restroom. So there's a man that's constantly in the bathroom that, like, people will hear yelling, get out, there's a woman in here. So she had a man on her team with her. Oh. So I thought that was wild. Yeah. And then. Spooky. (laughs) So, yeah, she says she likes to take 50 to 100 photos of more or more of each location. So, like, snapping, you know, a million times at once. And then when she was snapping pictures in one spot, when she replayed the recording and the EVP, there was a male entity that was angry that she wasn't paying attention to him in that area. In the EVP, it says, will you look at me here? <laughs> like, he's wanting a picture. Okay. It's so creepy. And so, like, you know, asking questions. Um, I asked if there was anything I could do for the entities who remained in this spot. The same voice, now with the tinge of sadness, answered, help me with leaving. When I asked if there was anything the spirits wanted to tell us about their time on Earth, one can make out the sound of a lion's roar and of the same voice saying, I miss it. And you can hear that one, too. And I'm like, wow, this is so depressing. It's so freaky. Yeah, and then she went to the primate house, too, and so I guess the big thing with the primate house is they had, like, a very famous ape there. Yeah, he was a world-renowned great ape known as Bushman. He was sold to the zoo in 1930, and... He ended up weighing 550 pounds. He drew in millions of visitors during his tenure at Lincoln Park Zoo. He was nicknamed the Lord of Lincoln Park. 
Oh, in the fall of 1950, Bushman was the name of the ape, escaped from his cage, meandering through the entire primate house for hours until a garter snake scared the giant back to his enclosure. What in the hell? Yeah. (laughs) I guess that year, in 1950, he got really sick, and more than 100 visitors came to pay their last respects. But he passed away on New Year's Day in 1951. His empty cage became a point of pilgrimage for weeks after his death. He was like a huge draw at the time. His enormous frame was preserved by taxidermy and put on display at Chicago's Field Museum of Natural History. Well, I'm pretty sure is the Field Museum still, is that one of the museums located in Lincoln Park? I didn't think so. I thought it was further, like down the the way. Oh, it's by Shedd Aquarium. Yeah. Okay. Because one of the interesting facts I also found is that Lincoln Park Zoo is located in Lincoln Park. It's like, for all of you that know, Central Park, right? And it's like a zoo inside Central Park. Mm-hmm. So Lincoln Park itself is more than 1,200 acres and includes not only the zoo, but nature and history museums, I'm guessing smaller ones, hiking and bike trails, a golf course, a conservatory. Is that where the <laughs> baseball field is? Which baseball field? Um, I thought there said a baseball field there, but I'm going to look it up. It might be, but it's not like, it's not like, like the, or like, now we're a big team plays. Because it looks like there's, like, soccer, um, like, a soccer field and stuff. And there's, like, basketball courts and a bunch of stuff. Lincoln Park Conservatory, Lincoln Park Monument. The History Museum's, like, right on the edge. Yeah, there's, like, a ton of stuff around there. So I thought that was super interesting because... The zoo itself is located on the southern side. Like I told you, I did a ton of research on, like, location because I was trying to figure it out. And so one of the things that was super interesting to me was that the Chicago, the Great Fire of Chicago happened in 1871. But even according to the zoo's website, they were created and formed in 1868. So I was, like, super confused. Their website says, like, their first structure was built in 1870. So maybe it was the area there was, like, a... I mean, that was a decent amount of land. So if they moved bodies from one part of the land and then just continued, I mean... Yes, so what I got out of it is, like, okay, I tried to understand. I did research on the Chicago... Great Fire of Chicago and everything. Um... So what I got out of this is that as they started relocating and moving bodies, they kind of started on the north end and worked their way down. Mm -hmm. And so they started removing these bodies and then would immediately start redoing everything. So Great Fire burned up the entire southern section of the park, but they left basically most of the improved part untouched. It hit some, like, fencing areas, but it really didn't go past that any further north. Which, by the way, is really creepy. That, like, 
oh, it just stopped when there was literally tons of structures, buildings, homes, churches destroyed during this fire. But the part that it burned on the southern end, where all those grave sites are, is where the rest of the zoo has been built. Now. <laughs> so after the fire, they were like, oh, it's already destroyed everything. We're just going to build right on top of this. And that's where they put the zoo. So Lincoln Park itself has got, like, all these eerie uh, sightings and, you know, ghostly feelings. But the zoo is, like, a hotbed for paranormal activity. That's wild. It's all wild. Yeah, I was, I just thought it was super interesting. And it's one of the five oldest in the entire continent. I did see that too, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I had recently watched um, The Zookeeper's Wife on Netflix. So, um... (laughs) I've never seen it. (laughs) You should watch it. Is it a chick flick? <laughs> Not exactly. Okay. You should I'll have watch. to give it a try. It's about a zoo though. Okay, but In yeah, life. I thought this was super interesting because it's like so many people visit and have no idea. Now, on my next trip to Chicago, I wanna freaking go. <laughs> also same, because I've never been there before. And it's free. Like that's wild. Most zoos aren't free nowadays. No, you have to pay, like, an arm and leg, and then they get Literally. you all their souvenirs. Yeah, I guess they still run, like, a zoo ball <laughs> um, every year, and that's, like, the biggest fundraiser for everything. And they have a lot of, like, very wealthy donors. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's how those things stay alive. And it's technically, like, a part of, like, the parks district or whatever, so they probably get, like funding through that too oh yeah yeah that's really all I've got besides wanting to visit I found a ton of cool pictures it's gonna be hard to narrow down I found a lot of really cool ones too so I think this this is gonna it's it has a handful of information but it has a lot of pictures yeah and I found like old school pictures at the zoo Mm -hmm. and stuff and I was like oh my god and um even, like, recreations, I don't know if they're real, pic- they're probably not real pictures of the cemetery, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I found, like, a picture, it's, like, an article, almost, of them uncovering a skeleton. Same, that was in the newspaper? Yes. Oh, my God, that's, it's so wild. So, yeah, this is another one where we're telling you, folks, go check out social media and look at the pictures associated with it. Check out our sources listed in, like, if you look, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, it's in our information about this episode. Well, we always include our sources. And there's the website hauntingchicago.blogspot. Go check it out and listen to these freaking EVPs and ghost recordings. I'm going to go listen to the EVPs after this. <laughs> that was my major question. I was like, I'm going to wait and ask you um, while we're recording if you listened because. So I like I was- skimmed that page because I saw the picture of the shadow, but I didn't listen to anything. I- oh, my God. I clicked like a bunch of the the first few like 
hear it here. And it was like 11 o'clock at night last night. And my boyfriend had left to do a Meyer Pokemon card run because this is what we do on Saturday nights, apparently. Jesus. Yeah, I know. And uh, I'm sitting here in this dark house by myself listening to these EVPs. And I probably got a few in. And then I was like, I can't listen right now. (laughs) No, especially at night. You have to, like, stop all that stuff, like, once it gets dark outside. Yeah, I listened to a few more um, before we started recording. I was like, okay, I feel a little better. It's light out. (laughs) Right. I'm gonna I'm seriously gonna go listen though, so stay tuned. I'll text okay, you about but yeah, text me. <laughs> and uh everyone else, message us on social media or comment on our posts and tell us what you think because it's a wild one. <laughs> Literally. Yes, please. Please um DM me. I would love to talk. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Tacos and Tequila Podcast. We're on Instagram at Tacos and Tequila. And you can DM us, like Sydney says, every time, uh, personally, or our uh, group Instagram page. Or you can send us an email at tacosandtequila at gmail.com if you want to be lame and don't want to slide in the DMs. But, and we've got a lot of fun things coming, so stay tuned. We post, well... Again, Sydney posts a lot on her, trying to, on our Instagram page, on our story, and uh, we're just trying to be active and stay out there. We have some fun things coming, so definitely stay tuned, people. Yes, please. I do have a joke and a fact for you. Yes, I was going to ask. <laughs> Which one do you want first? Um, Hit me with the fact first. Okay. So, tequila is closer to lilies than to cactus. Many people think that tequila is made from cactus, but the agave plant is actually a part of the lily family. No way. I didn't know that. That's really cool. I thought that was interesting. I don't think I thought it was a, a part of the cact- cacti, but interesting that it's For more For some reason, I thought agave were more like a succulent I, like, picture, like, aloe, an aloe plant. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's really interesting. And last but not least. I was going to say, hit me with the joke. (laughs) If you take away a taco's chair, what do you get? What? A taco stand. (laughs) I like that one. They just keep getting worse, I think. (laughs) Well, a lot of people come for the jokes. I mean, they come for the facts, but they stay for the jokes. There we go. There we go. Well, Ryan just just texted me and said it was literally the worst joke ever. Wow. Well, I thought it was funny. You know, the dad jokes. Keep the people coming. Yeah, we have a lot of fan, uh, fan favorites. Of those jokes. Uh, my dad referenced one of them the other day. The Harry Potter Patronus. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> so my dad's at least a fan of the dad <laughs> tacos or tequila jokes. Thank God. <laughs> a dad being a fan of the dad jokes. <laughs> he usually texts me every time we listens and said dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, hopefully he'll like the shout out. He also texts me every time we give shout outs to people. So <laughs> thanks for listening, for you. Dad. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, tell us what you think of this episode on social media. Like I said, check out the pictures and we will talk to you next time, folks. Bye. Bye. Ha ha ha!